0: whatever the hives you were supposed to have last night you look just fine to me yeah they disappeared overnight it's one thing hives and boyfriends have in common
1: hello and welcome to another episode of that's So random a random movie podcast i'm heath lambert
2: like this guest is uh nope go ahead this is um sebastian Moreno.
1: yeah that is my guest this episode to talk about what's back to craven country yeah well and also i because this will be the second west craven thing i've gotten Yeah, But both are on the lower end of, like, it's certainly not stuff people are like, oh, yeah, that's a Wes Craven thing. Like, people forget that he directed Swamp Thing, which we did an episode on before. And I completely forgot or never knew how much TV he did in the 70s and 80s. So...
2: Oh, he did a lot of TV stuff. Like uh I know the other TV movie he did was something called Chiller, which is um not great. And you can tell that either TV restrictions hindered the guy or he his heart wasn't just into it. It's um sadly among his weaker films.
1: Yeah, there's Chiller, Invitation to Hell was the TV movie he did.
2: Oh yeah, he did that one. I, I forgot.
1: Forgot about that one. This one's better than that one. <laughs> um he also did he did like three or five episodes of the 80s twi- good episodes of that 80s twilight Zone oh yeah
2: show oh yeah he did, always... he did play with, yeah he did Saturday with bruce willis and mm-hmm. uh, even uh, even did like dealer's choice which had morgan freeman yes it did so his episodes tend to be solid
1: but this one is summer of fear at least that's what it's called now on
2: yeah that was the places. title for the international markets in the it was originally called, in the U.S., uh, Stranger in Our House, but Summer of Fear is the title that's stuck in the U.S. after, and uh, which, especially on the Blueberry release.
1: Which is good, because that's i mean—that's a pretty generic title, but not as generic as Stranger in Our House. In fact, I've done an episode on a movie called Stalker in the House, which is pretty similar, so I'm glad that it's called Summer of Fears. So I don't have two episode titles that look that,
2: that close together. Well, it, it's it's the title of the book by lois duncan anyway so you know yes he, so at least it's accurate
1: and it's just wild i don't know because this is nineteen. yeah summer of year 1978 and i wonder so this is this is the only things west craven has done at this point are the hills have eyes and last House on the left both of which yeah. were very adult very dark very controversial at the time yeah. films and then he had started making that is it fire woman or something that never got yeah. finished or released or whatever, and then it's this. So I wonder, was it just like Wes saying, "Oh shit, I need or want to work. I'll just take whatever," or does someone at whatever network this was on—ABC, CBS? it ABC. You know, was it ABC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thought you know who would be good for this Lois Duncan <laughs> YA novel adaptation. The guy who did The Hills Have Eyes and Last Hills on the Like it's just, it feels like a weird mix of material and filmmaker. But,
2: well, I know for certain that this was like his first uh, film filming in California. This was like his first transition moving from New York to, to LA, basically. And uh, it was actually, and he noted it was his first time with a lot of, at least at the time, advanced equipment. Like he got to do crane, dolly shots. 35 millimeter film, as as opposed to like the 16 millimeter, you know. So this was his first experience with that stuff, and
1: sure, and I can see being tempted by the yeah the equipment. And i and look, a paycheck's a paycheck. I'm not knocking it. It just it just feels like a strange thing for him to do after those two movies. <laughs> but but here we are. Uh, here's a thing I really wish would go away and stop. It is very difficult. Not very well. Not very difficult. It's annoying. When you go on IMDb and you're trying to look up Wes Craven and under the written thing, you have to scroll down quite a ways before you find a thing that Wes Craven actually wrote. Because every half-assed stupid fan film based on Nightmare Gnome Street that's ever been made has has Wes Craven listed as a co-writer, co-creator of the characters. And that's on his IMDb. That should not be. Fan films do not belong on IMDb.
2: Um uh, yeah end, fair end I mean, of like, end of story. Yeah. can be uh can be a hassle when trying to just find what you need
1: cuz it's just like cuz that like makes it a fish cuz I'm sh- I'm sure some of those fan films are halfway decent. I'm sure most of them are straight trash. And the fact that his name is like officially tied to them according to the IMDB is is depressing. That's depressing that I have to look through all of that stuff to find something the man actually worked on who has been dead for a while now yeah so summer of fear a tv movie and it shows but a tv movie with linda blair
2: in you know? Post exorcist 2 linda blair would work with west craven again just in a small capacity remember uh remember that scene in the movie scream just moments before uh uh sydney punches um gale thank
0: mm-hmm. like, you
2: uh, like Sydney, like a series of reporters comes to Sydney after uh, Billy gets arrested. Yes, one of the reporters is Linda Blair. She made a cameo in, in the first Scream. Oh, is
1: that right? How have I not noticed that ever? <laughs> huh. Well, next time I watch Scream, I'll look for that.
2: Oh, she's um, you. You can see she's she's not hiding. Like she's front and center. Like she's one of the first reporters to show up before Gail does.
1: Got it. Well, Summer of Fear starts with a car driving very quickly. Down the what is that? The PCH, maybe? I don't know. But it's a it's very it's a it's a it's a cliff heavy road. Lots of lots of cliffs to your immediate uh passenger side. Yeah. And this car, I would say this car flies off a cliff and explodes, but this particular car explodes before it even starts to flip. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a little, I thought that was pretty funny. Like you can see it just starting to flip and then it explodes and then it flips. It's like, okay, you guys got a little. The pyro team jumped the gun uh, just a little bit. Yeah. That's pretty entertaining. So you're like, what is this? First thing, a car exploding right off the bat. (laughs) That is Rachel, who is Linda Blair with a wild hairdo. (laughs) Her hair is very, very, very curly, like long and curly.
2: It was the 70s. That's that's the only excuse.
1: But it's her mom's sister. So her aunt and uncle who have died in this. Oh yeah, and the housekeeper, that's right, I yeah, can't forget the housekeeper, that's very important. Yes, have blo- a pin on that. Have blown up in this car, and the mom gets the call and is, you know, very upset they're going to have to go and pick up their daughter, who has survived or was not in the car, which would be Rachel's cousin, Julia, who they have not seen since she was very small. Yeah. So obviously they weren't super close that part of the family but the mom is still i mean it's her sister and you know she's obviously still very yeah heartbroken about it it's not like she's like good fuck I'm like but you know but they're distant enough that like oh you have a cousin that you don't even know what she looks like you haven't seen her since she was however old which will also be very important <laughs> yes you can probably tell where we're going with this and they go and retrieve this Julia and bring her back she's a very at first anyway a very meek and reserved sort of of dressed obviously a beautiful girl but dressed very dowdy her hair's yeah a mess and jacked up you know how much
2: horse comes in like the horse uh meets julia and then just (laughs) the horse named sundance meets julia and just starts to freak the fuck out which is a classic um classic trope. the animal detects evil
1: yeah there are some classic witch tropes in here there are some that i feel are not so classic (laughs) we'll get to it but yeah, because they had lived for. She has a sort of, kind of thick, well, not that thick, but thick-ish Ozark accent, because that's where yeah. they they had lived for a little while. And I guess she, in, supposedly she picked that accent, even though they didn't live there full time. She somehow picked up this, which is part of what will make Rachel suspicious later. But yeah, also, but also that accent will go away within ten minutes of the movie. So
2: nobody's suspecting anything but her.
1: And the girl playing Julia I was looking at her and was like, God, pretty girl, where have I seen her before? What do I know her from? I'm looking through her IMDb. I cannot figure it out. And then I realized, because she was on, she played five different characters on Murder, She Wrote, which is, in, over the course of it, which is interesting. That's not what I know her from. I know her uh, from The Incredible Hulk Returns. She played Maggie Shot the Incredible Hulk TV movie that had Thor in it.
2: Oh, that one. Yeah. I know that one. She was
1: like the main kind of girl on, or woman on that. So that's mm. and I saw that a ton. I haven't seen it in a long long time. I saw that a lot when I was a kid. All those incredible Hulk TV movies, the one yeah. Thor and Daredevil and
2: Stealth Pilots basically.
1: Black Widow was the other one. So yeah, that that's where she was still enough ingrained somewhere in my brain that I was like, she looks really familiar and that was why. Uh, who else do we meet? But yeah, this horse, Rachel's horse Sundance is uh, not having it with his Julia and like charges at yeah. her. and
2: yeah. I never read the book, but I did read up on some details and differences, and the film does stay faithful to the book, but there was a change. Originally, the animal of choice was a uh, a dog, uh, a cucker spaniel, basically. Uh, this was changed to a horse at the instance of Linda Blair, because at the time she was an equestrian uh... equestrian, like you know she wasn't she was girl. so big into horses. yeah she was so big into horses that she wanted to change and
1: a horse is certainly more visually interesting than a dog and will lead to some wild stunts later which we'll get to but yeah i found either very impressive or very scary or both depending on uh the behind the scenes on it but we also meet peter who every time i saw him i go is that Le- is that lance guest it's not lance guest it looks a lot like from like last starfighter and no, so it's a guy named Jeff yeah. Jeff East who played young Clark Kent in the Richard Donner the Richard Donner Superman movies. Yeah, I was like, oh, he that's... was also
0: in Pumpkinhead
1: and Pumpkinhead, yes. And he was also and Craven would use him again in his movie Deadly Blessings. Oh yeah, I saw that one too. So he must have liked the guy. But yeah, it's, he looks similar to Lance Guest at first, at first blush, and then you're like, no, not quite. And he's like the not a farmhand because they don't live on a farm, but he's like a oh, he like helps out around. Their house, I guess? I don't know what his role is exactly, but he's some sort of a... Because he's not Linda Blair's other brother. Because she has like a little kid brother who's barely in this
2: movie at all. I just assume, I just assume she, he was the boyfriend of hers or something. or
1: but It's not, because that guy Mike is her boyfriend. Oh, the right. The one that Julia That's
2: steals. Somehow, like I've seen the movie twice, and somehow I keep confusing the two. I, mean, I don't no. know, they just... I... They kind of look the same to me.
1: That's kind of understandable, but yeah, just his role. I don't think he's related to them. I think he just is some sort of hired. He just
2: hangs around. Help
1: who's But he's there with them at like breakfast and stuff, but he's not there. They never refer to him as her, her bro- brother. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Let's how just rich, assume like rich people some caretaker or
0: something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then she has a boyfriend, Mike, who's also her horse trainer. And we see them out for rides because she competes in... Sort of horse riding events not racing but like whatever the equestrian arts like <laughs> jump over this pole and open this gate and you know more ranch based
2: sort of horses just horse stuff yeah
1: just horse stuff you know yeah there's a conversation about sort of the ozark superstitions because julia seems to know a lot about them and she says she learned it from their housekeeper sarah who yeah i blew up in the car who was from there and so far, so good. Nobody's, you know, thinking any the wiser yet. Yeah, but you start to get because when uh, Rachel helps move Julia's stuff into the room where she's going to be staying, living with them, she's not really rummaging through her stuff, but she's being a little nosy. Just something
2: fell out. Just something fell out and just popped open because um, she finds a tooth. For some reason, she had Julia has a freaking tooth of all things, and what's is that exactly? Because it's. Is that like, I mean, it can't be a human tooth, would it? Or just.
1: It appeared to be a human. Yes. Like a whole, with the like the entire thing, like a human molar or something uh, that was hmm. in. And she's keeping in like this metal to almost like a film canister, but longer and metal, which is an odd thing to find in someone's luggage. But she doesn't think too much about it.
2: I can only assume she probably just killed some poor bastard in the intermediate time and just took his tooth as a souvenir or something.
1: Well, it probably belongs to one of the family members who blew up in the car and it was part of her whatever witchery she cast upon them that caused their demise.
0: Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she also Rachel also finds Julia's accent a bit. She's so like, it's weird that she sounds like such an Okie when they didn't live there full time. Like she like they would visit there and stuff, but they live yeah. somewhere else. Like she should she should sound like me. So it's weird that her accent yeah. is well how she picked that up so easily, but
2: but oh well, nothing too suspicious for now. Just
1: planting those early
2: seeds. Yeah.
1: Rachel has a best friend, a nurse named Carolyn, who is played by
2: the nanny, Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. Ah. Yeah, but not just gotta...
1: the Fran. You know, the nanny voice obviously was like, imagine having to put that voice on all the time for, like, in yeah. your working life because she doesn't. That's not her voice. She's Yeah, but normal. it's what she's
2: known for. Which uh, I gotta say, I keep forgetting she was in this, if only because, yes, the voice, because you know I associate her with that voice. Well, and the
1: same thing happened with my last episode was Night at the Roxbury, which has Jennifer Coolidge in it, and it took me a while to realize it was her because she's not doing, you know, Jennifer Coolidge now has the Jennifer yeah. Coolidge voice that's obviously like a put on because she doesn't have it in Night at the Roxbury, and it took me a moment to be like, oh wait, is that that is Jennifer Coolidge? Wild, I'm not used to hearing her talk like a normal human being
2: <laughs> so, yeah yes yeah, it's, it's one of those cases who associate it with a voice and then just feels weird when you hear their natural voice
1: so carolyn rachel and carolyn take julia out it's not like a mate it's not like a makeover montage like pretty woman or something but they take her shopping to get her out of this sackcloth shit she's wearing that she came in and get her into in like
2: 70s fashion yeah yeah so nah, real
1: nah. 70s fashion she's dressed a lot like rachel is now gets her hair done a lot like rachel now which is a little off-putting to a lot of this movie and it turns out you know that she's right and spoiler alert julia is a straight-up witch and not related to them at all but for a lot of this movie linda blair comes across as just being a really whiny teenager and so I could see why no one paid attention to the warning signs when Linda Blair's like, hey, listen, my cousin's not my cousin. She's a witch because she's constant because she's so whiny about a lot of things. So which I mean, look, she's a teenage girl. Well, what do you want? Yeah. But yeah, I get why people are like, all right, sure, Rachel, she's a witch down the street from them. As luck would have it lives a folklore professor. <laughs> yeah. Perfect.
2: Mr. Jarvis.
1: But he's a professor of folklore and witchcraft, I guess who also is immediately suspicious of, not super suspicious, but because Julia like and Rachel too. have a conversation with him and he's like, wow, you sure know a lot about my field of expertise, the superstitions of the Ozarks, <laughs> which is such a no. niche, <laughs> it's a good thing he lived, good thing he lived like two doors down. But she's pretty good at covering for herself, shows has an excuse for something. Her accent is goes away pretty quickly. She's really reinventing herself. Also, never seems terrible. You would think your parents, you know, died in a fiery car crash and you've had to be shipped off to your cousins or whatever, you know, your aunt that you hardly know, at least for the summer, because she's going to she's supposed to go back to school, go back to college come the fall. So this isn't even like a permanent. It's strange that there was no one else she could go to. But yeah, she never seemed, you know, it's also a little suspicious that she's never she should be an emotionally distraught individual. Her entire family blew up. And she never seems sad at all. (laughs) So that's a little, you know. Yeah. So Sundance, the horse, has gone from, I don't like that girl, to just straight up, I'm going to kill that girl. Because this horse turns into, is on a John Wick mission, comes busting through this fence, like jumps over the thing, hauls ass across the yard in the driveway, and is trying to trample Julia yeah. Like a, on a mission. Like he sees her from like five hundred yards away and it's like, there's that bitch <laughs> and goes Like <laughs> and just is
2: off. And it, just go, just go straight for the kill. Just just pulling hooves to just trample her.
1: But she is saved. And yeah, Rachel's dad is like, Okay, we should probably like well, because Rachel's like Sundance loves everybody. Sundance has never been like that with anybody. So it must be Julia, right? What did Julia do to him? everybody's like okay rachel whatever we're gonna move instead of keeping the horse here at the house we're gonna board it at the horse club where you do you know Hmm. your horse events like a lot of people do and yeah rachel's very "Eh, eh," kind of whine, you know pretty whiny about it which doesn't help her case
2: (laughs) yeah Uh, she protests that they're strangers and the horse wouldn't exactly respond well perhaps
1: Well, because we as the audience are, we know we're watching a thriller or horror movie. So we know that obviously something is up with Julia. But no one else has reason to think that. All they think is, wow, that horse almost killed someone in our yard. We should probably remove that horse from the equation. We're not talking about killing it. We're just talking about letting it sleep somewhere else. That seems like a fairly reasonable conclusion (laughs) to me. But so it seems fairly selfish of Rachel to be like, no fuck julia i keep my horse here like why doesn't julia go live in the barn (laughs) um and here we now we'll start to get the beginning seeds planted of some uncomfortable shit where julia you know the dad is the dad's like a clearly like middle-aged towards older you know guy not a particularly hand not you know but ugly but not a particularly handsome individual necessarily, but he's like, you know, oh god, you know, just he's talking about his he's got a kink in his shoulder or whatever. And Julia's like, oh, I'll go, I'll massage it, which seems innocent enough unless you're watching it from across the room and you're like, I don't know about that. <laughs> but of it, course
2: it, it'll get it'll get worse. Sure it'll get worse.
1: Sure will. But Rachel, this should have been called single witch female.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Hey! Like you brought up a Rachel, like a Julia, trying to look like Rachel. And yeah, that's, that's I'd say that's pretty accurate.
1: But yeah, she's giving this dad the massage. And yeah, I don't know how innocent that... For now. <laughs> but it's Julia getting her
2: hooks in early.
0: Yeah.
1: Rachel wakes up the next day covered in hives.
2: There was an earlier scene during that massage where uh, uh, Rachel comes in with a dress and uh, her dad kind of responds with do you have the receipt like like dude dude why would you say that like she made the dress like she said well
1: he didn't know that then
2: because she's like
1: I can't know the, the the big dance is tomorrow night man, I can't again this is her coming across as a very whiny teenage girl yeah she's got this pink dress it just it doesn't fit right it doesn't look good and he's like, you know, yeah, I hope you get the receipt. You know, you can take it back, find something else. And she's like, no, I made this. I've been working on it for, like, weeks. And he's like, oh, shit, never mind. <laughs> so what am I What am I going to do here to the dance? But, of course, yeah, Rachel wakes up covered in hives. I can't go to the dance looking like this. I don't know what this is. I don't have a that, allergic reaction to anything before. What's going on? She's covered with these hives.
2: I was going to bring up that even her doctor of remarks that, Something like this hasn't happened to her before. Like, no prior history. Yep.
1: Very suspicious. And then, yeah, wouldn't you know it? Well, and then, so that guy, Peter, comes in and was like, hey, since you can't go to the dance because you look like uh, your character from The Exorcist, like, <laughs> your face is jacked up, would it be cool if Julia came or went with your boyfriend instead just so, like, she's there? Because, like, I have a crush on her and I would like to, like, hammer there, you know?
2: And Rachel take, took that well.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of course not. Well, yeah, why would she go with my boyfriend? Yeah, I don't know why she can't just go with him unless he's not a member of the country club or something. But then again, who is such a nebulous? Who is Peter? What is his role here? Who knows? I, I don't know. But that's what winds up happening. Julia is going to go because Rachel's boyfriend, Mike, already has tickets or whatever. Just, whatever the thing It's
2: Who knows? I don't think it was clear. No.
1: Ju- Julia is going to be his you know, quote unquote date to this thing that he is set on going to. And wouldn't you wouldn't you know it? The dress that Rachel made for herself that she could not get to fit fix, fits Julia amazing. Yeah. And Julia looks amazing. And Rachel is not happy about that. Nope. And again, we know she's a witch. And this is all part of her whatever. But to anyone else who lives inside the movie, yeah, it just does seem like Rachel's just jealous of like my hotter cousin has come and is stealing the spotlight. <laughs> is about to steal my boyfriend. Wow, wow, wah, wah. So while Julia is gone with Mike at the dance, Rachel starts going through her stuff and finds like a cutout from a magazine that sort of looks like Rachel kind of, I mean, ish. That's been like, she's like painted on like hives on it or something like in the place.
2: It yeah, they they looked like X marks on all over her body.
1: Yeah. And also finds and it looked to me like the the thing under the bed in the bowl of milk in Pan's labyrinth.
2: That was it looked like a sweet potato. Yeah. I can only imagine that was just just kind of easy to make, build, just uh, use as a prop.
1: Well, she calls mm-hmm. later, she calls it a wax figure later. But it looked yeah, it very much looked like a sweet potato,
2: but it's got that's what she says it is. Even if it was supposed to resemble the horse, how You know, I mean, I get they use the horse. She used the horse hair, but still. It
1: doesn't, but it looks like the root tuber thing from Pan's Labyrinth. But yeah, and it's got a bunch of Sundance's hair stuck in it. So it's like a voodoo doll kind of thing for the horse. And this picture that's a voodoo doll kind of thing for her hives. So now she's really like, what is going on here? This Julia's up to something. Yeah. And other witchy, yeah, witchy type stuff so the next day peter comes back and was like hey man thanks for nothing your cousin i was hoping to hook up with your cousin at the dance last night and she couldn't she was too busy with your boyfriend like they left early together and i haven't seen either one of them since. so like julia has now straight up stolen her boyfriend yeah <laughs> which pete should be a little more sensitive to because his his concern is yeah. like i wanted to go out with julia and not she's going out with mike thanks a lot like this was your idea yeah. <laughs> this is your fault so it's the next day or a couple of days, whatever. Oh, yeah, it is like the next day. Her hives are mysteriously gone just as quickly as they mysteriously appeared. Yeah. Which Mike comments on, like he, he says, Hey, your hives disappeared overnight. She's like, Yeah, they're a lot like boyfriends, which is a pretty good line. And yeah, she's yelling at him because he is her like horse trainer, so they have to still interact. And she has a horse event today, you know, and but she's like, Like, explain this to me. What the hell happened? Like you went to a dance with my cousin and now she's your girlfriend, like just like that. She's your girlfriend. He's like, I don't know what came over me. It was strange, but like the second we started dancing, like I just couldn't. I'm sorry. Like, it was like love at first sight. Implying that he's been ensorcelled or you know, brainwashed somehow by this evil it's witch. Dearest, and it's against his will, sort of. Which, maybe, maybe not. Again, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> we'll we'll find out she's a witch, but if you don't know that, it could just be he's a fickle teenage boy who met a hotter yeah. girl. What do you want? It happens. You're not married, but yeah, now we get runaway Sundance. Rachel's on on the horse, competing in this event, doing okay. And this horse gets spooked by not kind of nothing but something. Julia staring at it from across the way, and takes off and is out of control. And there are some wild stunts in here. Yeah, that I hope were planned and not on set accidents. Because there's one there's one where the horse goes under this like canopy thing and the rider is all it's obviously a stunt person in a bad linda blair wig which and we'll see another one later but yeah, the stunt riders all caught up in this canopy and like getting like bludgeoned by this like and then at the top of this hill this horse falls de- over and like rolls down the hill and rolls over the rider. like you can like, it's not like it's it's not a cutaway it's not a implied nothing like you watch a horse roll over a human being's head, and it's crazy. I was like, wow, that stuntman, I hope they got paid a lot, and I hope they're okay, because that looked bad.
2: Well, just hopefully uh, this was choreographed and just, you know, like, Humane Society on set or something.
1: Yeah, I'm not accusing Wes Craven of anything untoward. I'm just saying it looks, it looks legit. Like, it looks insanely dangerous. Now, granted, we also used to ask stuntmen to do insanely dangerous things that we maybe don't anymore. We also yes. used used to, and when I say we, I don't mean myself. I mean, you know, Hollywood really not give so much of a shit about what happens to animals. <laughs> so it's, but it looks like the kind of thing where, because in the movie they now have to put the horse down. It looks yeah, when you watch it. Line. When you watch it, you look like well, obviously that horse is dead, right? <laughs> I mean, the horse is dead because it's been forty years or whatever. But I mean, it looks like that horse should have been injured enough to. break a leg and be put down for realsies when you want because it's just that i can't say enough how much that stunt like yeah blew me away because it's you watch a horse roll over a person like full-on it's crazy i'm like how did nobody get hurt hopefully no one did uh, who knows but
2: hopefully not let's just
1: and yeah they have to the horse's leg is broke the doc comes over gives it like instant euthanasia on the spot and rachel is obviously very heartbroken that was her you know her horse her pet in a lot of ways probably probably her best friend other than carolyn yeah. the nurse i guess there's times in here that her performance is really really good there's like a scene later when she, she has a confrontation with her mom and she kind of breaks down that's really good there's other times yeah. like line deliveries in here we're like woof, that's a child actor like there's definitely times where not so good but I, i'm i'll admit i'm not someone who has watched the entire linda blair canon but it's I have a feeling Linda Blair is kind of known like she was really amazing in that first Exorcist movie. Like, wow, a kid did all that crazy. But then as she grew up, her performance level maybe didn't rise with her. Because I don't know that there's any other Linda Blair performance that people are like, wow, Linda Blair is really good. You know what I mean?
2: Exorcist is all they talk about, basically.
1: Which I'm sure has has haunted her, her whole life. Like she tried, you know, but yeah. Anyway, not to be, like, personal or rude or anything, I just... (laughs) Her performance in here is up and down, I guess is what I'm saying. But, and she, like, the dad, her dad's trying to comfort her. And again, this is, I know you're very upset, but again, this is that whiny teenager coming through to where you're, everyone in her life would be like, oh, God, just fine, go be sad over there. Because... Her dad's like, you know, oh, come here, give me a hug. You know, And she's like, what do you care? You didn't even like, you like Julia more than my horse. Get off of me. You don't care. You don't, you know, it's like uh, your precious Julia almost got stepped on, stomped and killed by my horse. And you that worries you more. And it's like, well, yes, we don't want a person to be killed by your horse. <laughs> that shouldn't be controversial. I don't know. But yeah, she's obviously very, very upset. Then we have a montage of her being at home upset while Julia is out making out with Mike and she's always like Rachel's always Rachel comes across as a creepy one kind of because she's always like on the periphery looking out like she's looking out the living room window you don't have to stand there and watch Julia and your ex-boyfriend make out in the car you could go and you go back to your room but she's always she's standing there behind the curtain like watching them and so mad like you're bringing that on you don't have to look or seeing like Julia and Julia and Rachel's mom getting along really well Rachel's not into chess like her dad is, but Julia's into chess, and she sits, you know. So everything Julia does, she's like watching it, and like, "Oh,
2: that bitch!" <laughs> like basically acting jealous for real.
1: Yes, acting like a normal, like a jealous teenage girl. And so yeah. I understand why no one takes her too, too seriously. She then goes to down, down, down the block or down the road to seek some advice from Professor Jarvis, the professor of folklore, who she's like, "Look." was it possible like knowing what you know about witches and stuff like how he uses
2: the excuse of like she's writing a short story
1: yeah no you're right yeah she's like i'm writing a short story i'm trying to figure out like how hard is it to like control someone's mind and feelings like to like brainwash someone or like you know and he's like oh it's very very possible it could be this and that you know this and that. She's like, oh, interesting. Like, what if I found like a wax figure? Like, <laughs> and he's like, mm, interesting. So they're having a. Li- She's not coming straight out and telling him everything he should probably know. Yeah, but he was already kind of suspicious of Julia, so he's like, hmm something else is going on here.
2: So he just gives her books, basically. He
1: gives her books to study up on, which she might. Mu- She's either a- she must be a real fast reader, or else more time. I guess it is summer of fear, so it's taking place over the whole summer. But we don't have a great other than when they literally say like. Yesterday, this happened. There's not a great deal. There's not an
2: indicator of time, yeah. basically,
1: because, yeah, unless she's staying up all night reading these books, <laughs> maybe she's a real fast reader. I don't know. maybe, but then also, if you're doing this sort of covert talk to the professor research on Julia, maybe don't brag about it and let her know yeah because here's where like
2: why would you say that? Why would you say that in front of in front of your target, basically, why would you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, here's the turn
2: because. And Julia's going to know, which is exactly what happens next.
1: Yeah, Rachel comes to Julia and is like, hey, just so you know, I'm talking to Professor Jarvis and he's going to give me the dirt on you because something's up with you. If you really think she's a dangerous witch, you're really throwing the professor under the bus right now. (laughs) Like, you just put a target on this man's back. Yeah. But this is also, it works, because this is where Julia kind of drops her facade, at least in front of... like She gets
2: really pissy, basically. She
1: used to be very, like oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. You're being, I'm sorry you feel that way, Rachel. I'm just here and trying to get along, you know, but here's where she's like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> like she dropped, her attitude comes out and she completely drops the like, oh I guess she's, she's on to me, so I might as well stop messing around. She's just like, so what? The, what's the professor going to find out? You can't prove nothing, blah, blah, You're like,
2: it's like, fuck it, plan B. I'll just, I'll just go all in.
1: Yeah, because she says something like, I mean, it's a real like, Oh, nice diner you got here, but a real shame if something happened to it. Like, lobster talk shit. Cause <laughs> she's like,
0: oh,
2: the like professor, that's... huh?
1: Hope nothing happens to that professor friend of yours. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's not very subtle there.
1: No, not at all. She's dropped all it's... subtlety. But, which of course is exactly what happens the next day or a couple days or whatever. The little brother who we've barely seen comes running home. Mommy, you know, help, help. Professor Jarvis, like, collapsed in his yard everybody runs over they get him to the hospital he's had some sort of stroke or something well yeah because you just told (laughs) you made him witch meat like he's you know target now then a letter comes addressed to has been forwarded to their place for julia from a college friend of massachusetts in massachusetts where she lives not the ozarks where they just visited but or massachusetts is where she was going to school yeah yeah to yeah. her her college roommate or college friend or whatever has sent a letter which rachel opens and reads <laughs> trying to dig up dirt and there's stuff in there about like or no it's later she just gives it to julia but she is suspicious about it and yeah. julia she finds it later in julia's room like just torn up like i don't care about this And she tapes it back together so that she can read it and what she gleans from that letter is two things one that julia is well known around campus and amongst everyone she knows for being a singer loving to sing being in the glee club loving the opera all this stuff And she hasn't heard note one out of this broad who lives in her house now julia has never she's never heard julia sing or mentioned singing or any anything like that and also has the phone number of this girl back in massachusetts so who she calls and good on this roommate or whoever who clams up pretty fast because someone you don't know has just called trying to get information about your friend. Yeah. You know, she's like, you know, Oh, Hey, I'm Julia's cousin. She's living with us now. And the conversation's pretty friendly. Oh, well, tell Julia I said, hi, you know, I miss her. I can't wait till she comes back. We've missed her at Glee club or whatever. And then Rachel's like, Oh, she's in Glee club. Tell me more about that. And she's just like really like pressing questions. And this girl on the phone is like, Hey, you're not Julia's cousin. Leave us alone. Creep. And hangs up on her. Like,
2: uh, then there's uh, don't forget that uh, Rachel did ask if she knew Julia was a witch, and
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, she also does. Yeah, she doesn't hesitate, she doesn't stop at asking about the Glee cliche. She does say, you know, okay, was she ever into like witchcraft and the the occult and stuff? Which is that's a weird question to ask someone on the
2: phone. So I get it, and understandably, the friend hangs up. Yes,
1: and it's cool. What the thing that I like, and I think this is a good bit on the actress's part as well, playing Julia. When she gets mad, her Ozark accent comes back out. Like, she's damped it down in the week she's been here, and she just sounds like the rest of the family. But they're in the kitchen, and she's like, oh, can you hear the child screaming upstairs?
2: Uh, yes.
1: Okay, well, if you can hear yeah. it, then so will the recording. So, she's not alone. Mom is up there, but it's bedtime, and she doesn't like that, so.
2: Ah, uh, no. Well, I was going to apologize later if you hear a fly buzzing. Uh, that That little bugger, I haven't killed yet.
1: I can't yeah. hear. Her. I'm not worried about a fly. I'm worried about uh, my child being very honorable.
2: I'm sure nobody will mind.
1: I can edit you know. it out. I just don't want people thinking like, "What a neglectful asshole!" He left. <laughs> like, no, her mom is upstairs. She's not unattended. It's just bedtime, and she's a sleep fighter. But yeah, her accent comes back when she gets up when she's mad because they're in the kitchen, and the little brother's like, "Oh, Julia's gonna take me to go visit the professor at the hospital." and rachel's like why why would you take her you don't even know the professor i will take him because she's also suspicious that like she's gonna go there and do something to the professor and finish the job since he didn't die he's alive at the hospital he, and he woke up yeah. or whatever
2: and Julia really gets really sippy about it yeah Just, julia gets you know.
1: really snippy about it and her ozark accent comes back out and props to the dad who up until this point has been very pro julia anti yeah. <laughs> anti-rachel not anti-rachel well, but like in, in this instance takes rachel's side because julia's like i'm taking him you don't need to come like you can t- make your own trip there like who cares? and then the dad's like hey there's no reason rachel can't come with you like why are we even having this argument in my kitchen like this is dumb there's no reason you can't all go and that kind of shuts julia down
2: yeah but it's the dad that's obviously of her chopping onions like just basically
1: yeah, it was like a cucumber or something and she is demolishing this thing she's not dicing it at all properly like she's just smooshing it now with a knife but it is it's an instance of the dad like okay so the dad's not completely under her sway yet anyway because he stands up for rachel or at least just stands up for wanting a quiet house (laughs) like stop arguing
2: i can just only assume julia wanted the spell stronger after that
1: yeah carolyn calls says hey the professor's awake come and see him like after he's he wants to talk to you but it's like it's like after visiting hours, so I have to like sneak you in. But it's fine. My boss is like a jerk, but it'll be fine.
2: But before we go any further, I like to bring out that fake jump scare, like the fake scare with her little brother. Like he pretends. All like... oh, right.
1: I guess I kind of never. I know. Maybe I suppose it's the intention of the
2: film for you to because
1: now because she has to. What is it? There's for some reason Julia because Julia and Rachel were sharing a room.
2: Rachel decides to move out of her own bedroom and just she's sleeping on the couch for a while and then after an argument with her dad she just ups and sleeps in her little brother's room
1: well yeah because she's you know I, I she stole my boyfriend i don't want to sleep in the same room with her like we're not getting along that's that makes that makes sense but yeah. she's to her dad like okay well julia needs to move out of my room and move in with my little brother into his room and the dad's like why don't you move into the little brother's room julia did you know in that instance, he sides with Julia. Like, I don't know. Maybe Julia should yeah. be the one to move out. But, like, it's like that's her room. But anyway, but she's our guest, he says. Like, if anybody should move out of that room, you should, which I don't know. I don't agree with that. But yeah, he's sometimes under this sway, I guess. But yeah, she sleeps. She's rachel's now sleeping in the same room with her little brother who does a put on, like, oh the witch is getting me eh, and like like he falls out of bed and like pretends like he's not breathing and first she's like ha 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 and i think for the for the viewer it's supposed to be like oh no it's supposed to be like a scare but for, i don't know for whatever reason i just knew immediately this kid's fucking around <laughs> like <laughs> which he is just yeah. to, like scare her yeah the professor's awake come visit and they go to see him they don't get much out of this interaction because the boss or Carolyn's head nurse head nurse head comes nurse. in and is like well you're fired <laughs> and you get out of here
2: and it well technically takes... she wasn't fired just more like given a warning and because she says to her you know next time you pull a stun like that you're fired
1: yeah at first she's just gonna fire her on the spot and then the professor's like no I asked I asked him to bring her here I know it's after hours but yeah. I needed to talk to her I asked for this so she just gets off with a verbal warning the
2: professor mentions like the weakness of the witch like the telltale sign because
1: yes and here's where i don't know i I have issues i guess i haven't studied a lot of witch folklore but i've certainly seen a lot of horror movies and the idea that witches cannot
2: be photographed
1: that's a new one on me that's vampires bro well (laughs) at least the
2: reflection thing but i suppose
1: well because he also says like he says and I, I, this is a quote from the movie. She literally does not reflect light. No, man. If she, didn't re- if she didn't reflect light, she'd be invisible.
2: Like there was like she does bring up like an earlier scene when Julia was trying out, I think, the same dress uh, Rachel made. That when she had the hives, she briefly saw a flash of light in the mirror Julia was reflecting on just disappear for a moment, which that's, you know, that's a setup.
1: Yeah, no, I get like, um, that they, I get that they said it all. I'm just saying that from a, and I know I'm maybe asking a lot of this movie, but from a scientific standpoint, for the professor to say she literally doesn't reflect light, then she would be invisible. The only reason we see things th- and see anything is because light is reflecting off it into our eyes. If if it didn't reflect light, you wouldn't be able to see it at ever at all. <laughs> so she would just be invisible not forget cameras. Your eyes would not see her. So I don't know. But, like, not showing up in mirrors or cameras, is a, that's a vampire thing. That's not a witch thing. Unless, you know, maybe at some point, maybe that's in real folklore it is. But certainly not. I've never seen a witch movie where...
2: Like, Someone will probably say something uh, in the comments, I imagine. Maybe. maybe.
1: I mean they're looking I've seen the craft a bunch of times they're looking at mirrors constantly in that movie.
2: <laughs> well nobody brings up that.
1: I mean, but that's that's the lore of this movie anyway. I just thought it was funny that yeah. that I was like, that sounds she might be a vampire then because that's what that sounds like to me. Which is scarier Maybe. than a witch. Yeah, a true witch can't be photographed. So Rachel starts concocting a plan because mom is a photographer of some sort, I don't know professionally or not, but she was supposed to do some photo shoot with like for what? I don't know, just her own portfolio or what? But there's a deal in this house where, like, because mom's a photographer, anyone who lives here is a potential model at any times, and you cannot say no. Okay. But there was supposed to be she's supposed to do a photo shoot with Rachel and Mike, and now that will be very awkward and comfortable because he's not my boyfriend anymore. She's like, Why don't you just get Julian to do it? Uh uh Uh-huh. She said, Yeah, all right, I guess. And mom's also talking about like I had I have business to do up the coast. I'm gonna take, you know, a trip and you should come with me. She's like, Yeah, maybe. But, real, but for real, just go get, like, take Julia's picture. And she does. She's watching, you know, watches her, takes the pictures. They're in the Julia dark. Julia is
2: resisting. It's, there's a moment of her resisting.
1: She is. She's definitely like, and she's kind of playing it off. It's like, no, I don't like to be in pictures. I hate it. But she's, yeah, she doesn't. You would think, it, but if you're a witch who knows you cannot be photographed, you got to come up with some, you can't just be like, oh, I don't know, I don't really, like, you need to get out of that situation somehow.
2: Which She could have said she was epileptic, maybe.
1: I don't know, come up with something, because this is, the jig is about to be up,
2: but. Like a medical reason, you know, would be easier for her, but.
1: I guess her plan is just, I'm going to just destroy those photos anyway, so it doesn't, no one's ever going to see them, so it doesn't matter. And of course, it's, you had to, it's not like a Polaroid or something, it's not instantaneous, it's we won't know what's yeah. in these pictures until we develop them in the dark room in our house that they have.
2: You know, I do want to remark of Rachel having this like very satisfying grin on her face, just basically just as she looks out the window, like you know, like yes, I got her.
1: <laughs> yeah, she definitely thinks this this is it. This is what's gonna prove to everyone. But again, I don't know. Again, in a world where, in the world of the movie. Other than the professor, no one really believes in witches. <laughs> it's not like yeah. common knowledge. So what, I don't know that just coming to your mom and saying, look at the pictures, how Julia's not in them, that immediately your her mom's going to go, oh, well, she's a witch. She'll think something went wrong with the camera or like her, she's not going to jump to, my niece is a witch immediately, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> it takes some work, which is kind of what happened. There's this whole darkroom confrontation between, because Rachel's like, mom, mom do, do like do those photos. I want to be here you know and she's like hey i'll get to it chill out i got other stuff it, to escalates do. Quickly. it escalates very quickly because then she's then like you don't understand julia is a witch and she stole my boyfriend and my horse is dead because of her she sh- what she should be saying is that she's also trying to steal your husband but <laughs> she does not mention that and the mom listens to about enough, as much it as she can and then rachel's like she's in she's in my room like doing witchcraft and causing all this and Rachel's mom slaps her in the face and is like, that is my niece you're talking about, my sister who has died, this poor girl has come to live here, you're not coming with me on this trip anymore, and I don't want to talk to you until you get this, she calls it filth, until you get this filth out of your mind.
2: That slap looked like it had to hurt, though. Like, that wasn't like, uh, acting slap, you know?
1: Like... I, yeah, between that and the horse, I think there's a lot of people getting hurt.
2: <laughs> but then it comes to the mom finding out what Julia's doing with her husband.
1: Well, yeah, because now Julia is saying that she's going to go with the mom on this trip, which on one hand makes Rachel jealous. But on the other hand, she's kind of like, okay, well, well, uh, no, she's not like, oh, mom will be safe if Rachel's with like she's worried that like going to go with her and do something. And then like that night with Rachel and mom on the outs, mom sees it's not the fridge thing yet, is it? Because that's oh, it is mom that sees it. Mom sees. Yes, that's the scene. It's like the middle of the night. She's getting ready to go to bed. She's like in, like, not like crazy lingerie, but like, you know, and this is a good looking, a good looking middle aged woman. Yes. Way, way out of this dude's league, I'll tell you that. Yeah. She's like ready. She's primed and ready to go. Like, tonight's my, like, I got to get my husband in bed. Ba- like, it's date night. <laughs> Whatever night of the yeah. week it is, we have sex. Tonight <laughs> is that night. And she's ready. <laughs> she's got the gear on and she's down. And she looks out in the kitchen and her husband is standing in the glow of the open refrigerator. Sharing like a bowl of strawberries or something with Julia, and it's real sketchy looking, <laughs> yeah, and you can't hear what they're talking about. she just sees them there and they're laughing. I don't know, man. I would have stormed into that kitchen and got at least gotten a closer look at what's going on because that's yeah, it's not it's not like they're making out or something, but it just does not look it, okay.
2: <laughs> it looks very um like it just kind of looks like they're ready to just get it on,
0: yeah,
1: but it also. And so she goes back in the room and you can see her like looking at herself in the mirror. Like, why is he not in here? Like, look at me. <laughs> like, yeah. this is not going the way it was supposed to tonight. And he does come to bed yeah. and he just kind of rolls over and is laying there. And she's like, hey, can I talk to you? Like, she's not even, she's still, she's not even like mad at him. She's not like, what are you doing out there? She's like, have you ever stopped? Have you ever stopped to think that maybe like you paid a little too much attention to Julia? And I'm not saying you're doing anything. I know you, and I love you, but for a teenage girl, it can mean different things. Like, in her head, it might mean something very different from what it means to you, and you should be on the lookout for that. So she couches it in the best way possible, to not, like, start a fight. Yeah. And he just isn't even going to have it. He's like, that's absurd. Go to sleep. (laughs) Like,
0: just not going to
1: have this conversation at all. He's going to go to sleep. So date night is whatever was supposed to happen in that room tonight is not happening. And she, yeah, all the dynamics are bad right now. so the next day they find out mom went on this trip alone julia did not go with her julia stayed behind and rachel's like what i guess that's good that she didn't i don't know anymore (laughs) like i was worried that she was gonna go and do something with her but maybe this is worse i don't know what's going on but Mom has gone on this trip by herself and julia she finds the map that dad was showing mom like oh this is where you're gonna go you take this road here and julia has made some kind of markings on the map so now rachel's like oh no more witch shit and now here's where she sees, and this is, like, sensual shit. Like, she peeks through her thing, and she sees Dad helping Julia, like, zip up her dress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's... real
1: slow and real deliberate and real, again, he's not, like, kissing her neck or anything, but it's like, wow, man. From the outside, you can see how people would think that's fucked up. <laughs> and it also is still, it's providing, because at the, the
0: implications. End,
1: but at, yeah. at the end of the movie, this family isn't completely shattered and broken because something did happen. Yeah. Like, we have no reason to believe that anything actually happened, but it was heading that way. Yeah. yeah. And and whether dad realizes it or not. Yeah. There's also, yeah, there was a part where she brought, he's getting ready, he's leaving for work, and Julia runs his suitcase out to him. And he, like, kisses her on the cheek. Which, again, at first, you're like, oh, that's innocent enough, I guess. But it begins to take on sinister overtones yes. the further into the movie yeah. you get yeah it's a pretty bad aspect of it i think it's paced really well and that as far as yeah. that stuff's concerned because it's just sprinkled throughout yeah. and it never like punches you in the face with it it's always just a real like yeah. if you're paying attention you can see that like this is we're on a road that's going somewhere bad yeah and I, I thought that was pretty good so now rachel is in the dark room she's got these photos developed she pulls them out of the and sure enough there's just like there's mike and just like a blur of light where Julia should. Yeah. This is my proof. I got it. And then when and you that know it, attack. she turns around and Julia is there with her and like grabs the photo and like sets it on fire. Well, I mean, there's still negative. So unless you're gonna burn this whole dark room down, I don't know that like you're solving anything. But yeah. And and but Julia's also she can't keep her mouth shut. She's bragging about how like, you know, oh, your poor mom's up on that. I hope nothing happens to your mom on that trip. Just like, I hope nothing happened to that doctor. And it'd be a shame if your sexy daddy got left behind here with me. (laughs) Like, like she doesn't say that, but that's the vibe she's putting out of like, you know, it'd be a real suck. It would really suck if he was a widower and had no one to turn to, but my hot ass, like, yeah. And so now Rachel and Julie are having a fist fight, choking fight, slamming each other. And I got to say the wig on this, uh, the obvious wig on this obvious Linda Blair stunt woman is kind of (laughs) funny. Yeah, <laughs> so, like the close-ups of them choking each other. It's Linda Blair, and it's a but. There's yeah. Any time that she's getting like shoved into shelves and stuff, which I understand. I understand that's with something in her voice, yeah. but it is so yeah. clearly not Linda Blair, and it is so clearly it almost looks like a clown wig on this lady's head. Like it's yeah. not. It's not right. It's kind of kind of humorous, yeah. but that's it's the times. So what
2: are you gonna do? Right, it's a low budget. What can you do? And
1: so she kind of gets the upper hand on Julia and locks her in this
2: when that happens she rachel had to basically use a camera to just basically blind julia just you know take multiple pictures and then lock her inside yeah she's doing the
1: old flash 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 blind him blind her locks her behind this very flimsy plywood whatever the kind of door this is At, at which point dad attacks he comes out of the shadows and it's like yeah. trying to get Rachel because he's now completely under the spell. He's not even saying anything, I don't think. He's just like...
2: <laughs> he's like, I don't want to hurt you, but just lunges at her regardless.
1: Yeah, so he's been... He's completely like mind-controlled now by Julia. He's trying to get a hold of Rachel. She straight out knocks her dad. <laughs> knocks her dad out. He's laying on the floor. Yeah, he gets Harukens right into <laughs> the floor. And then Julia like punches through this door and is like... like puts her arm through, Rachel runs outside, and here's where shit goes bananas, and becomes kind of a different movie. Because even at this point, you could still man, the photos, you could still think maybe the twist of this will be is that just Rachel's just crazy. Rachel's wrong, and Julia's just a normal girl. (laughs) Like, but no, because this door explodes.
2: Yeah. And And Julia just looks crazed, like, just like the eye makeup on her, like, now (laughs) she has different eyes
1: yeah she has contacts in with where her like her irises are white like real like special effect contact lenses which she yeah. also mentioned that she is now she's currently wearing the nighty not a night but like the the sexy sleepwear that mom was wearing the other night she has now incorporated yeah. that she's wearing that yeah, yeah. So this door blows apart she's like howling like a oh, like it's very i mean it's a little silly but again it's a TV movie in
2: 1970, what, six? She's just now on the rampage. Yeah. 78. Yeah. So it's, it's, we're
1: off the rails now. There's no doubt that like, oh no, she's right. She's a witch. <laughs> she,
2: just fuck all pretension. Just let's get crazy.
1: She's doing her best Stevie Nicks impression, twirling around the room with this, these sleeve scarves and like howling with these contacts in. And Rachel runs outside, grabs, Mike's out there working on his car, her ex-boyfriend. Pete has vanished from this movie. Who knows where he went or the little brother who knows where they went. Yeah. But and grabs Mike and says, you got to drive me away from here. Like right now. He's like, all right, whatever. And they get in the car and they take off.
2: And he still acts skeptical over the whole thing.
1: But he does. But they leave like they peel out of there fast. Like she didn't say much that would make him be like, oh, it's an emergency. We got to go. Like, so he still went. He went with her pretty easily. And then Julia's chasing them in her car or another yeah. car, a, a car anyway.
2: We'll just assume she just stole a car at this point
1: well they're they both were at both of these cars were at their house there's kind of a high-speed chase going on there's some decent vehicle stunt work here too where like she pushes them she pushes their car up on the hill and it's like up on its side but like leaning against the other car that was pretty cool some pretty decent yeah stunt work julia from like remotely is like controlling their car it's like yeah making mike press on the accelerator when he doesn't want to and like rolling up their windows and locking their doors so they can't jump out opens the hood so they can't see but like from from her car which is like 50 feet away or whatever yeah which if you can do that there must be easier ways to kill people i don't like why did you have a fist fight in the dark room you should be able to like do some crazy shit like this but maybe she wasn't mad enough i don't know but so they kind of go off the road and crash a little bit because their hood they can't see what they're doing where they're going julia also like runs into this guy who's changing his tire and that, yeah. like slows her down a second, but then she catches up to them. There's some, yeah. There's some kind of not cat and mouse because you're out in the open, but it's a couple of her like trying to run them down and them dodging into the weeds and her turning around to come back after them. Meanwhile, mom is coming down, returning from her trip down the same road, down the highway, and her and well, yeah, they're on they're on foot, and Julia was trying to run them down and like zoom past yeah. them and comes around the corner and is going to have a head-on collision with. The mom, yeah, she's trying to run mom off the road and get her killed, but it goes badly, and she winds up flying off the cliff, and this car explodes halfway down.
0: And here's where, like, okay,
1: you're a witch, but how did you survive this? Because this is this car is a pile of ashes. (laughs) I don't know, unless she jumped out and we didn't see it somehow. Maybe
2: I'm just amused that Julia just basically did herself in by accidents. Just, you know, cause she dropped, she, cause she drove the other way. She turned the other way and then got run off the cliff.
1: And in the same way that she killed the people at the beginning. So it's just desserts, I guess, except she doesn't die. So somehow, yeah. but yeah, then mom comes around the corner and almost hits. It's going to hit Rachel and Mike, but slams on the brakes just in time. So they've saved mom, Julia is air quotes dead. And then we have what I feel is way too happy an ending
2: that specific moment there before cutting away to the entire family that they start to forget Julia's name. Like it's implying that, you know, because she quote unquote died that the spell is wearing off. That's how I took it because they because they just stop and they don't suddenly remember Julia's name.
1: Oh, I did not notice that. That is
2: interesting. Yeah, well, Though they remember everything else, but a, just not her name.
1: A thing that, well, I think what it is, is I think, I think, because the thing we forgot to mention is that back in the dark room, when she's burning the photograph, Julia does explain the whole thing. She says, I, of course, I'm not Julia. I'm Sarah. I was their housekeeper. Yeah, that was that's Ju- the big twist. That was Julia who burned up in the car with them, not the housekeeper. And so she took out this family. Yeah. I guess so that she could come live here because she knew that they had cousins in California who didn't really know what she looked like anymore or whatever. It's a little yeah. con- little convoluted. But I think that's at this point why they stopped calling her Julia, because they know that that's not her name. Her name is Sarah. Yeah. But, yeah, ending scene is the family is coming out of the house, all arm in arm and lovey-dovey and smiling, very smiley, explaining to this cop the details of, like, yep, and that's what happened. Not leave- Leaving out the witch stuff, I suppose. But, like, yeah, we thought Ooh. it was Julia, but it wasn't. It was this girl, Sarah. And the cop's, like, explaining some stuff to them. Like, but they're all just there's still some issues within this family to deal with like they are all really happy yeah considering what they went through like 45 minutes ago
2: <laughs> yeah should be more shaken up but
1: when the player is just smiling is like well i got my boyfriend back like okay but that doesn't change the fact that like and also the dad like there's no like the dad does say he's like sorry for didn't li- sorry for not listening to you about julia but not like hey sorry yeah. for almost banging that girl.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of therapy to work out there for sure. Yes.
1: Because unless, unless the mom is like, yeah, I guess you were brainwashed. Unless you're really committing to believing that, that's a yeah. that's a forever in the back of your head kind of thing, man. When you roll over at night and you look yeah. at the back of that man's head and you go, oh, how close you came to fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> a, a teenage witch in my house. <laughs> and how, how much of that was you? And how much of that was brainwashing? Yeah.
2: yeah. A lot of questions. And Rachel, A lot of
1: questions. Though. Rachel should have the same, have to have that same Internal monologue about Mike, yeah. Because how much was you being brainwashed, and how much was you just
0: being yeah. a dude? Yeah, yeah, very much so.
1: But and then we get obviously not sequel setup, but a dun 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 because now a yeah. car a car pulls up to this fancy house somewhere else, and Ju- Julia gets out and introduces herself as so and so. I'm your new government. She has a British accent now.
2: I'm new your, governess, basically I'm your new yeah.
1: governess. yeah. so she's alive and well. She's off to do this to some other try this with some other family. yeah, she's a master of accents, I guess, because her Ozark was Must pretty be. good, and her British is pretty good. So
2: I guess she's just good at surviving somehow, or at least just I guess she got blown up I imagine the herself
1: or she, yeah, or she didn't actually get blown up at all. Uh, who knows?
2: yeah, but
0: that,
1: but that's the end of summer of fear, yeah, a West Craven TV movie. it's a.
2: it's fine. I quite like it. I mean, look, for all the jokes I make, I do generally like this one. Um, I thought it was very... I do think it's it has a good amount of tension and plenty of good performances. I just think the problem was that they made that it is a TV movie that kind of hinders it, and it was for network TV. So I think Craven likely probably wanted to go a bit darker, but couldn't because of network standards and practices. So, you know, I think I think it, this had been been made theatrically or like either by a studio or done independently just i think you know craven would have done more with the material but i think you know for what it is i i think i thought it was good i liked it
1: yeah it's a it's a fun enough time it certainly isn't high in the uh west canon but again it's the it's the third thing he ever made there were those sort of restrictions on it but it is something for me that you look at and you watching it you're not like oh this is clearly the guy who made last house on the left and the hills have eyes and it also yeah when you're watching you aren't like wow I can see where this is going to be the guy who does Nightmare on Elm Street and you know it's just kind of it's so such a muted like it's a very a TV movie and I don't I don't really feel Wes Craven's stamp on it at all I feel like anybody could have directed this and that's not maybe and that's not any you know that's not a a bash on him necessarily On the film it's but it's yeah it's it's fine it's okay yeah it's, it's worth watching especially if you're a
2: like if you're west, a complete stuff yeah, with craven's work yeah. you're a
1: big west like, oh, yeah. craven fan and i hadn't yeah i had not even and i am a i am a west craven fan and i had not i guess there's just <laughs> uh holes in my because, Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh wow, he did do a lot of TV. I wasn't even aware that yeah. this existed until I got it. So yeah, that's Summer of Fear. What will next week be? It's that time of the episode to press the magic. Go ahead.
2: We owe morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. There it is. <laughs> it's
1: that time of the ep- that part of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next episode's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be. Uh press the magic button now. <clears throat> next week's movie is i think we're alone now from two okay oh all right it's from 2008 2008 it's a documentary i've actually been meaning to watch this for probably a decade or so and just never got around to it so this will be a perfect excuse uh it is on tubi it's a documentary about people who are obsessed with 80s one hit wonder singer tiffany well and there is there's that move there's the movie i think we're alone now that came out not too long ago with peter dinklage and it's not that it's not that movie yeah. it's a no. 2008 documentary on tubi this will be the second documentary i've ever done third second i don't know I, I have to look i've done a lot of episodes i can't keep track but yeah documentaries are interesting i don't know how interesting that subject is but it is something that i've always been like huh i wonder if that's and wanted to watch it so Now's my chance. We shall see. Yep. So that's everybody's homework for next episode. I think we're alone now from 2008 on Tubi. Check it out. If you like, where can people check you out, sir?
2: I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm uh, SJW James Bond on Twitter. And I'm on the podcast, um, Agents of SJW, which is about the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: That is correct. Uh, I am at Lambert 78 on Twitter. The show is at That's a Random P2. The show is on Slasher and TikTok, as either that's a random pod or that's a random podcast. One of the two or both. I can never remember. <laughs> Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and Slasher. And I think that's about it. You can still check out, because it's not too old yet, my appearances on Slumber Party Monsters, the last nice. one in the December and one in January and it was nice to get back to it had been a while since i had i mean this isn't the most horror of horror movies but certainly west craven it's been a while since yeah. i've had a horror movie on this show it's been sometimes i'll have a run of a run of like four or five horror movies in a row but it's been let's see one two three four well i guess five episodes ago was children of the corn runaway but
2: it, oh. it feels like a long oh. time ago Oh, you picked the Children of the Corn sequel. Okay. Oh.
1: Number one, I did not pick. Because <laughs> it, <laughs> it was chosen at random. And B, I will I'll, I will have you know, having seen all of the Children of the Corn franchise, Children of the Corn Runaway, for me, is probably the second best one.
2: Oh, yeah? Yes. It'd be... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's surprising.
1: Well, which isn't to say that it's like an amazing movie, but...
2: It's just a low bar to cross. It's
1: a incredibly low bar to get over because the majority well, not not the majority, all of the Children of the Corn sequels are garbage. So it's not hard to be the best one.
2: Yeah. if And if uh, what I hear about that uh, 2020 film is correct, it doesn't get much better either.
1: No, that is also garbage. So it's not hard to be the best Children of the Corn movie. <laughs> just like it's not hard to be the best hellraiser movie anyway that diversion aside yeah. that'll do it yeah for this week or this episode i'm not weekly anymore yeah on behalf of myself and sebastian bye everybody and have a great week
0: excelsior